good that you guys are here today. Uh, I, we're doing a series on prayer. I feel sort of like, I feel like I don't want to call it a series on prayer because we're going to stick in, we're going to stay in prayer till we feel like the culture of our church is changing. And we feel like people in our church are like the culture and their faith in G- Jesus increases, right? So we might be in it for five weeks. We might be in it till Christmas. But I want to be in it until we feel like the Lord's saying, the people of J-Road are starting to pray unlike they've never prayed before. And they believe in God through prayer unlike they've ever done before. Amen? And so we want to do this for a while, all right? Um, also, we have some big things coming up this week on the topic of prayer. Uh, Jeff is having surgery on Thursday on, on his heart. So we definitely want to lift up Jeff Hunter. So let's just pray for him right now. Is, uh, Jeff, you don't, if you don't mind if I embarrass you, could you stand? And if anybody wants to go over and put your hand on Jeff's shoulder, he's having heart surgery this week. It's heart surgery, right, Jeff? Yeah. They're removing a, the sack around your heart. Yeah. The heart's fine. There's something around his heart that's preventing it from beating. And this has been a journey for Jeff for what now, a year? That we've been trying to figure out what's been going on through prayer. And so we're just going to go to God right now and just pray. Because as we said this morning, a miracle could happen now. Amen. And we've seen it with Maya. We can't stop celebrating those things. We can't stop having faith that the Lord still heals. Amen? All right. So let's pray for Jeff right now. God, we just thank you for Jeff. God, I thank you for the privilege to pray for Jeff, even though I know my prayers are no more important than anybody here in this room. Lord, we lift him up to you as he goes under the knife on Thursday, Lord. God, I I just thank you for his faith and his confidence and the peace that you put on his heart. Lord, we pray that you direct all the doctor's hands so they can remove this thing around his heart and that his heart could breathe freely. And God, he can go back to 100% full health. And uh, Lord, you just heal him in those ways. So God, we pray for the surgery. God, give his family peace and give him comfort and assurance. And God, I pray that the doctors say at the end, a miracle has happened. This is the best the surgery has ever went. And God, uh, you continue to use Jeff for your glory. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Thank you, guys. Please have a seat. Uh, Awesome. Pray for Jeff this week. It's Thursday. Keep him in your prayers. Um, Love you, Jeff. Love you, Amy. Um, So what is prayer? Um, Prayer, as we've been saying, is what? Who remembers? Starts with a C. Communication with God. Good. Uh, I'm I'm glad the slide guys waited so we could see that Sharon did her homework this week, and it's communication with God. Um, prayer is how we talk to God. The Bible talks about prayer from beginning to end. It's how the people of God talk to God. You know, we think of prayer, we think, okay, it has to be done this way. You have to fold your hands. You have to close your eyes. And you have to end it by saying, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And those are things that we kind of added you know, it doesn't say you have to close your eyes. You can pray while you're driving. It doesn't say you have to fold your hands. That started because you told your kids to fold your hands so they wouldn't smack their brothers while they were praying or their sisters while they were praying. So you said, fold your hands. Uh, but it's the way we communicate with God. Prayer is a direct, like right now, evaluate your prayer life. How has your prayer life been? Is, is it something that you get alone and pray to God every day? Is it something that happens not as much as you'd want? Is it something that rarely ever happens? Um, You know, we've done this already. Like, evaluate your prayer life. It's very good. 
Um, if it's not what you want it to be, put a date on the calendar every day. Put it in your phone. Set your timer every day where you're saying, this time I'm going to pray. Even if you have to be at work at 7 a.m., get up at 6 and pray for a half hour and just be with God. Prayer is a direct reflection of our faith. Prayer, in a sense, is our faith. Because if you know that God's ear is attentive to your voice and he's going to be listening to you and he's waiting to hear from you, you will want to pray every day because you know he's waiting. And you know the word says, you don't have because you don't ask. I'm waiting for you to ask and you just haven't asked. And so if we believe that, if, you know, and I know all of our faith, the Bible says you don't need a lot of faith. You need faith as big as a what? Yeah, a mustard seed. We're only asking for a like BB guns, BB size faith. And that's believing that God can do a miracle. It's believing that God is waiting and wanting to hear from you. And he's also wanting to speak to you, which we'll talk about in later weeks, that God speaks to us. And God wants to talk to us. So we need to pause and listen to God. So that's the next slide. God wants to hear from you. God wants to hear from you. Um, we got to make that priority. So Jesus, the disciples go to Jesus for the Lord's Prayer. And they say, God, teach us to pray like you pray. You are an awesome praying God. You are an awesome praying Jesus. We want to pray like you. Teach us to pray. And so Jesus says, all right, have a seat. He taught this to his disciples. He gave a couple prerequisites, and then he taught the Lord's Prayer. Raise your hand if you know the Lord's Prayer by heart because you went to Catholic school and a nun smacked your hand if you didn't memorize it. Um, maybe that was you. Maybe it wasn't. Um, but it's really the Lord's Prayer is really a model prayer. Like a model prayer is like a template or an outline for how we should pray. And that's what Jesus was saying. But he gave some prerequisites. And just to warn you guys, every week, and I'm glad you guys are back from the last two weeks, but every week we're going to be learning about prayer. We're also going to be practicing prayer. So the last, like my goal is to be done in here at 11, but at like 1045-ish, 1050, we're going to break up in groups and pray. Okay? So I just want to give you guys a heads up about that. I personally think that's been going awesome. It's a great way for you guys to meet each other. And it's not like we're just walking in the movie theater and, like, watching a movie, but we're actually interacting together, you know, with each other. And you actually get to know some people's names. But we're also practicing what we're learning, right? We're not just hearing about it and leaving. We're practicing it. So we're going to have a chance to practice that for, like, 15 minutes at the end. So get ready to be in groups, okay? Um, so here's the prerequisites Jesus gave. In Matthew 6, 5 through 6, I will paraphrase. It says this. This is a paraphrase, all right? This isn't in the Bible. Don't let your prayers be for other people. Let them be for God. Get alone to pray, okay? And so that's really a paraphrase of Matthew 6, 5 through 6. Don't worry about what other people think about your prayers. It doesn't matter what other people think about your prayers. Your prayers are not for them. Your prayers are for God. So don't try to fancy it up for other people. God knows what you want before you ask him, so you know, just ask them. It also says get alone to pray, go in a room and shut the door. That's why we talked about last week. Our prayer time with God should be a mix of routine and romance. Routine and romance. So the routine of prayer is you pray, you have this time set where you get alone with God and shut the door every day, and it's very routine. But the romance of prayer is when we pray all throughout the day, when we're driving, when we're eating, when we're sleeping, like when we're walking. Like, we pray all day. Maybe not when we're sleeping. That might be really hard to do, so don't try to do that. Um, but if you're dreaming, and it's a lucid dream, feel free to pray during that dream, okay? Um, but you just, the romance is like, I don't just pray at like 6 o'clock every morning. 
I pray throughout the day as God leads. I mean, but there's also the routine and the romance of prayer. Okay? The second paraphrase, Matthew 6, 7 and 8, says, Don't try to impress God with a great prayer. Keep it simple. Um, that's kind of a paraphrase. He says, don't go on babbling like the heathens, like hoping that by your many words your prayers will be answered. God's not impressed with your prayers. He just wants you to pray. So just keep it simple. It is totally okay. And if you ever think, I wish I prayed like her. I wish I prayed like him. Maybe God would hear my prayer if I prayed like that. That's not true. The faith comes from the heart, and it might not always be indicative of the words that you say. It could be, God help me, and that could be a sufficient prayer for this moment for you. Make sense? Okay. So the, what we're getting into is the five parts of the model prayer or the five parts of the Lord's Prayer. And last week, to, to reemphasize, the first part was this, um, that we start our prayers by giving adoration to God or worshiping God. And so the first part of the prayer, number one, is worship the Father. And the verse 9 is, Jesus said, then this is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So that's, hallowed be your name is not necessarily a praise that um, is not common in our language, but it means holy is your name. In any form of adoration that you use to give God glory, you can do that. The key phrase is, Father, you are awesome. You are above all else. In making sure we start our, pray, our prayer time with praise and worshiping God. As simple as long as it takes, it's just like, God, you are so much bigger than I could imagine. God, you are holy. God, you are awesome. But it just makes it so we don't start praying and we just get into asking what we want. Like, hey, God, it's been a long week. Here's what I need. Da -da 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 uh, thank you. Please answer those. Amen. <laughs> but we just say, God, you are awesome. And I just want to just sit a moment in adoration of how good you are. And push yourself to think of ways to tell God how awesome he is. Because there's probably 10 billion ways to tell God how awesome he is right? Let your mind go a little bit to like the Milky Way and how he designed that effortlessly or the galaxy and how far it expanded and how he spoke that into existence. How awesome God is. Amen? Amen? All right, good, good. Uh, so uh, this is the second, the second part of five, and we're just going to do the second part today, um, and then we're going to practice it. But the, sec the verse 10 is this. Jesus said, you know, after you say, hallowed be your name, it's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We actually sang that in our worship this morning, so great job, Ashley, for incorporating that in the worship. That's awesome. Jesus said, this is how you are to pray. You say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what you should do. That's what you should be saying in your prayers. So what does that mean? Um, the second part is really surrendering your will to God. Surrendering your will to God. Um, the key phrase is this, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, God, but your will be done. Some people have said the purpose of prayer is to discern God's will, not impose your own will on God, but to discern what God's will is and pray in that manner as well. So it's really, you know, like think about like what is our will? Like, what's your will? When I talk about will, it's what is your plans? What is your kingdom in life? Like, what's your plans in life? And that is your will. And so it's saying you shouldn't want your will to be done. We should want God's plans 
God's thoughts, God's ideas to be lived out in our lives, not ours. Right? Really important. Here is God's will for your life, and here is your will. And before we come to Jesus, we have a different will than God. Right? Like, this is God's will, and this is my will over here. To make money, retire comfortably, uh, to, you know, have a nice house with private backyard, you know, and all this good stuff. And this is God's will. This is my will is to have 15 kids and get married and have an awesome job. And this is God's will. And the point of our prayer time is to change our will to being in line with God's will for your life. Right? And making sure that if there's anything in our life that's apart from God's will, we try to align that. And Jesus says this because it's very important. Because sometimes we're praying for things that's just simply not God's will. Sometimes we pray for things that's just not God's will. And that's sometimes a very hard thing to grasp our mind around. And it's very hard to teach at times. But it's a mystery of knowing God and knowing that God's will is ultimately whatever is going to bring him the most glory on this earth is God's will. And it might not be your will. On the same token, there are things that, and I'll share this in a second, there's things that God wasn't planning on doing in your life, but because you prayed, he did it. Does that make sense? There was things that God wasn't necessarily planning on doing until you prayed, and then when you prayed, he did it. And that is the mystery of the sovereignty of God that a thousand sermons couldn't really get to the bottom of. But I'll explain it in a second where I get that. Where do I get that? Um, You know, we're praying for God. You know, we might ask, why do I pray if God's going to do what he's going to do anyway? What does it matter? That's not true. Um, I believe that I believe what we are praying for God's will um, to do, for God, uh, I want to write this out clearly so I know what to say. Um, As long as it's not contradictory to his will, he will do it if we ask him in prayer, okay? Meaning, he wasn't going to do it, but since you asked in faith and it is not in conflict with his will, he'll do it. Let me explain, okay? Exodus 8, 12, and 13. Exodus 8, 12, and 13 If you guys remember, Moses was going to Pharaoh, and he was doing all these plagues to Pharaoh, and God was bringing the plagues. But, you know, these plagues happen, and and he said, if you don't release my people, plagues are going to come. Well, the Pharaoh hardened his heart, and the plagues came. One of the plagues were frogs, like frogs were everywhere, all throughout Egypt, all right? And then Moses and Pharaoh worked out a deal, and so Moses said, I'm going to go to God, and I'm going to ask him to stop the frogs and make them go away. And so he went to God, prayed that, and then the frogs went away. Okay, and this is how it's played out in uh, Exodus 8, uh, 12 to 13. After Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses did what? He cried out. What does cried out mean? He prayed. He prayed. He cried out. Um, He cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had brought on Pharaoh. And the Lord did what Moses asked. The Lord did what Moses asked in that moment. The frogs died in the houses and the courtyards and the fields. I don't know if God would have stopped the frogs anyway at that moment in time. It doesn't say. But we know that two things. Moses cried out to God, 
and God heard his prayer and stopped the frogs. And he did what specifically Moses asked in that moment. And so there's this, this phrase that it's God's will or it's not contradictory to his, his will, but he's waiting for you to ask for it in order to give it. All right? And again, the Bible says you do not have because you do not ask. You haven't asked for that. Um, so you do not have. But if you asked, you'd have. Okay? So when you approach God in prayer, do you acknowledge that he is in control and that what you want might be in direct conflict with actually what he wants? That's kind of the, the faith in prayer. It's like we got to go to God in faith, trusting that what we're asking for is in his will, but pray open-handed to know that what we're praying for might not be in his will. And how this looks for me is, as I know, is I have a journal and I write out my prayers every day, or, you know, I have a list that's ongoing, and I pray for things sometimes, and I see it happen, and I see miracles happen, and I see things happen, but there are times when I, something's been on the list for like six months, and I just feel like God is telling me to stop praying for that right now, and I stop. I don't know why. I don't know why, like, it didn't happen, or, or maybe I just keep praying. I don't feel God saying stop, and I don't stop, but there have been times where situations have changed, and I'm like, I just need to stop praying for this right now. It might not be in his will or it might not be in the direction God's going. And I, I change course. But I come with this attitude of it's God's kingdom and not my own. Okay? So we all have a kingdom, right? We all have a kingdom. Um, we all want to take care of our own kingdom, as we said. We all want to take care of a kingdom. In the, in the world, my kingdom is for me and my family and to be honest, I don't give a rip about your kingdom and your family, right? I hope you do well. I hope you prosper. I hope you have a good life. But it better not come in conflict with my kingdom. And guess what? My kingdom is first, right? My money is my money. My life is my life. And everybody else is second. And in the Bible, it says, love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. Give to those in need. Take, like, that widow on your street— you better be about her kingdom if you're going to call yourself a follower. Right? He's saying we don't have our own kingdoms. We have God's kingdom. Amen? And we're all for God's kingdom. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Like, not my will, but your will be done, God, whatever that is. And we got to pray like, God, I want to know your will so I can pray according to your will. And that's all good stuff. We all have our own kingdom. So we must focus on God's kingdom before our own. And even like deep down inside when we are new to Jesus, new to being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, we, we think in our minds that God is our personal genie. Right? You guys have all seen Aladdin. I'm sure most of you have. Or get the concept of genies. But you rub the lamp and the genie says, my, your wish is my... So we think, I go to God in prayer, it says I'll do whatever I want. So whatever I ask God, my wish is God's command, and so he's my personal genie. But no, God is not a genie, and God has his own will for kingdom advancement that we are supposed to discern his will and ask according to his will, and it will be done. Amen? And so we have to figure out, like, God, what is it you're doing? And we have the Holy Spirit inside of us that will help us pray. We have the, Holy, the helpers inside of us that tell us how to pray. Um, and we see this acted out real quick. We're going to skip that next verse, but we're going to go to verse um, 20, Luke 22, verse 42. 
So Jesus was in the garden about to be crucified, and he's praying this heartfelt prayer where, you know, his sweat was dripping down like drops of blood. And Jesus is saying, God, I'm about to go to the cross for the sins of the people, but if there's any other way that this cup should pass, please just let it pass for me. If there's any other way that we could save the world, please, God, I don't want to do this. What he's saying, basically. I don't want to do this. I'm groaning. And then it says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, this cup of crucifixion. But he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He's saying, God, it's your will. I'll do it. I'll do it. And he's surrendering. Jesus is seen surrendering his will to God's will. Okay? And he's seen surrendering his will to God's will. That's the purpose of this part, is to just do that. Ask for his will. Ask. And a few things about God's will. God's will will never contradict Scripture. Okay? God's will will never contradict the Bible. So if you're thinking that, you know, God's will is to do something sinful or something that's directly imposed to the Bible, that isn't God's will. You know, God's will will never contradict the Bible, and he's written his will. Some of us are thinking, man, I wish I knew what God's will is. Well, the God's will is, you know, not for you to marry an unbeliever, right? That's just, that's simple. You don't need to, like, pray about that. It's written. It's there. Um, you know, God's will is not for you to cheat. God's will is not for you to lie. So if that's what you're praying about, God, should I lie on this, you know, test? It's like, God's like, no, that's easy. I could tell you no. It's in the Bible. It's, it's against. It's, it's not according to his will. His will is found in his word. His, his will oftentimes is found through sermons or, or, or worship music, and we, could, and we discern his will. Oftentimes the Holy Spirit will use sermons or when you're reading the Bible or listening to things of God, he will speak your will and give you direction on your life. He'll give you directions. Um, my posture and our posture when we pray is not, it's not my will, God, but it is solely your will, not mine. So the first two parts of our prayer life is worshiping God and saying, God, you are awesome. I love you. You are so great. You're so much bigger than me. You're so, you know things that I don't know. The second part is, hey God, I want your will to be done. And the things I'm praying for, I recognize that they might not come to fruition. But I'm going to trust that you are good no matter what. You're good if this, this happens. You're good if this doesn't happen. And I'm just going to come to you in faith and ask. So please, if I'm praying for anything that's not your will, please just stop me or remind me, God, that that's not your will. And I know what some of you are thinking. This is easy. You know, if it doesn't happen, you say it's not God's will. Um, God is, God's is always good. And his will is always to bring himself glory among his people and to bring his kingdom here. And so, again, we need to keep going to, it, uh, going to God and say, God, you are the boss. Your will be done and not my will. So again, the first two parts are worshiping God, and then surrendering your will to God. So we're going to break up. We have about eight minutes left. What we want to do in this part, I think I listed it in the last slide of what, how we're going to practice this. Um, we're going to break up in groups of three to five-ish people. You don't have to sit where you're sitting. You could go out in the lobby, or you could come up here, go out in the hallway. It's fine. Introduce yourself to the people in your group. Um, 
Take turns praying, asking God to reveal his will for you for a particular situation in your life. So all of you guys might have different situations or things that you're asking God's will on in your life. Um, pray for that and just ask God, what is your will or what are you doing, God? And how should I pray for this in my life? And just asking God to reveal his will to you. Does that sound good? In about eight minutes at 11, I will dismiss us and you guys can go get your kids. Does that sound good? All right, break up, find some people, make sure nobody's alone. So please, everybody look around, make sure nobody's praying alone.